Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. On February 29th, 1940, at the 12th Academy Awards, at the Coconut Grove Restaurant of the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Hattie McDaniel earned the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her performance as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. So tonight, we're going to talk about the woman herself. The first ever black Oscar winner. A true trailblazer who was early on in radio. In fact, has two stars on the Walk of Fame. One for radio and one for motion pictures. Born Hattie McDaniel on June 10th, 1893 in Wichita, Kansas. Died October 26, 1952. Mm. Early life. The youngest of 13 children born in Denver in 1893 to formerly enslaved parents in Wichita, Kansas. Her mother, Susan Holbert, 1850 to 1920, was a singer of gospel music. And her father, Henry McDaniel, 1845 to 1922, fought in the Civil War with the 102nd United States Colored Troops. In 1900, the family moved to Colorado, living first in Fort Collins and then in Denver, where Hattie attended attended Denver East High School from 1908 to 1910. And in 1908, entered a contest sponsored by the Women's Christian Temperance Union, reciting Convict Joe, later claiming she had won first place. Her brother, Sam McDaniel, 1886-1962, played the butler in the 1948 Three Stooges short film, Heavenly Days. Her sister, Etta McDaniel, was also an actress. So Hattie McDaniel, the actress, the trailblazer, first African-American to win an Academy Award in 19th, for the 1939's Gone with the Wind. You know, there was a lot in terms of there's still controversy behind her win and unfortunately that's within the community that's outside the community you know um but mainly because she was playing a maid but she was aware of what she was doing and um many many people you know have followed in her footsteps and we are fully aware of her contribution to film. Yeah. And um, if we can find it, you know, there there is a lot on Hattie McDaniel. And, um, you know, we must always acknowledge her contribution to film. Ah, here we go. Here, here is something that shouldn't be lost on any of you. Os- uh, Hattie McDaniel's Oscar win. She was the first black winner. Accepted her honor in a segregated no blacks hotel. And that's really, yeah. It's been 75 years since Hattie McDaniel won the... Oh, no. Actually, it's been 80-something. This is an old article. Okay. Mm. A list of winners had leaked before the show, so McDaniel's win came as no shock. Even so, when she was presented with the embossed 
plaque given to supporting winners at the time, the room was rifled with emotion, wrote syndicated columnist Luella Parsons. You would have had to choke in your voice that all of us had. The daughter of two former slaves gave a gracious speech about her win. I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything and I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope that I shall always be a credit to my race and the motion picture industry. But Hollywood's higher sonar couldn't stave off the indignities that greeted McDaniel at every turn. White Hollywood pigeonholed her as the sassy mammy archetype. With 74 confirmable domestic roles out of the IMBD list of 94, I'd rather play a maid than be a maid was her to-go response. The NAACP disowned her for premeditating negative stereotypes. Even after her death, her Oscar, which had left she had left to Howard University was deemed valueless by appraisers and later went missing from the school and has remained so more than 40 years later. Her final wish to be buried in the Hollywood Cemetery was denied because of the color of her skin. McDaniel's career was defined by contradictions from performing in whiteface early on to the accounts that her refusal to utter the N-word meant it never be made it on screen in Gone with the Wind. We all grew up with the image of her, the mammy character, kind of cringing, says Jill Watts, author of Hattie McDaniel, Black Ambition, White Hollywood. But she saw herself in the old-fashioned sense as a race woman. Someone advancing the race, adds Monique. That woman had to endure questions from the white community and the black community. But she said, I am an actress, and you say cut, and I say no longer that. If anybody knew who this woman really was, they would say, let me shut my mouth. Mm. Hannah McDaniel, 1944, of her disappointing prospects following her Oscar win. It was as if I had done something wrong. Selznick's first move had been to dispatch her on a live movie palace tour as Mammy, which played to half-filled houses, but he saw less and less use for the typecast star, and Warner Brothers eventually bought her out of her contract. Even after World War II, she continued to play underwritten made parts in such films as 1946's Song of the South, Walt Disney's adaption of the Uncle Ramus stories, now considered a race, race, a rare racist blot on the studio's legacy. In her final years, McDaniel found success on the radio, taking over in 1947 for Bob Crowley, a white voice actor who mimicked an African-American woman as the title character in Beulah a hit comedy series about a living maid. It was the first time an African-American woman starred in a radio show, earning McDaniel 1000 a week. She was cast in the TV version of Beulah in 1951, but shot only six episodes before falling ill. She died October 26, 1952, of breast cancer. She was 57 years old. Oh, my God. Mmm. That's that. She never had any children of her own, you know. But this career, this long, and I mean, you think of the things that she did. McDaniel has two stars on the Walk of Fame for her radio and one for motion pictures. She was inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame in 1975. And in 2006, she became the first black Oscar winner honored with a U.S. postage stamp. In 2010, she was inducted into the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. 
McDaniel was a songwriter as well as a performer. She honed her songwriting skills while working with her brother Otis McDaniel's Carnival Company, a minstrel show. McDaniel and her sister Etta Golf launched an all-female minstrel show in 1914 called The McDaniel Sisters Company. After the death of her brother Otis in 1916, the troupe began to lose money, and Hattie did not did not get her next big break until 1920. From 1920 to 1925, she appeared with Professor George Morrison's Melody Hounds, a black touring ensemble. In the mid-1920s, she embarked on a radio career, singing with the Melody Hounds on station KOA in Denver. From 1926 to 1929, she recorded many of her songs for OK Records and Paramount Records in Chicago. McDaniel recorded seven sessions, one in the summer of 1926 on the rare Kansas City label Merit. Four sessions in Chicago for A. Oki from late 1926 to late 1927. Of the ten sides recorded, only four were issued and two sessions in Chicago for Paramount in 1929. After the stock market crash in 1929, McDaniel could only find work as a washroom attendant. At Sandpick Club made Madrid near Milwaukee, despite the owner's reluctance to let her perform, she was eventually allowed to take the stage and soon became a regular performer. In 1931, Hattie McDaniel moved to Los Angeles to join her brother Sam and sisters Etta and Orlina. When she could not get film work, she took jobs as a maid or a cook. Sam was working on KNX radio program, the optimistic Do Nut Hour and was able to get his sisters a, p- a spot. She performed on the radio and hit Hat Hattie, a bossy maid who often forgets her place. Her show became popular, but her salary was so low that she had to keep working as a maid. He made her fir- she made her first film appearance in the Golden West in 1932, in which she played a maid. Her second appearance came highly in the highly successful Mae West, I'm No Angel, in 1933, in which she played one of the black maids with whom West camped it up backstage. She received several other uncredited film roles in the 1930s, often singing in choruses. In 1934, McDaniel joined the Screen Actors Guild. She began to attract attention and landed larger film roles, which began to win her screen credits. Fox Film Corporation put her under contract to appear in The Little Colonel with Shirley Temple, Bilbo Jingles Robinson, and Lionel Barrymore. Judas or Judge Priest, almost said Judas Priest, hello, directed by John Ford and starring Will Rogers, was the first film in which she played a major role. She had a leading part in the film and demonstrated her singing talent, including a duet with Rogers. McDaniel and Rogers became friends during the filming. In 1935, McDaniel had prominent roles as Sovereign Maids and Alice Adams, as a comic part as Jean Harlow's maid traveling and companion in China Seas, and as a maid Isabella in The Murder by Television with Bella Lugosi. She appeared in the 1938 film Vivacious Lady starring James Stewart and Ginger Rogers. McDaniel had a featured role as Queenie in the 1930s fixed film Showboat starring Alan Jones and Irene Dunn in which she sang a verse can't help, help, help loving that man of mine with Dunn. Helen Morgan, Paul Robeson, and a black chorus. She and Robeson sang I sw- sing suits 
I still suits me <laughs> written by the film Karen and Hermanstein. After Showboat, she had major roles in MGM's Saratoga, starring Jean Harlow. The shop-worn angel with Margaret Sullivan and Matt Mad Miss Mantened, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. She had a minor role in the Carol Lombard Frederick March film Nothing Sacred, in which she played the wife of a shoe shine man, Troy Brown, masquerading as a sultan. My goodness. Ah, and then we're going to get to the Gone with the Wind after these messages tonight. We talk about Hattie McDaniel, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And we're back, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, to talk about the legendary Hattie McDaniel. You know, without Hattie McDaniel, come on, let's get real. And she paid she paid a price for doing what she loved to do. She loved to act. And people, the NAACP came after her because she played Mammy. And she said, look, I would rather... Make $750 playing a maid than being one. And she had a, and she paid a price for saying that. And, you know, her and Butterfly McQueen, who was in Gone with the Wind, Butterfly McQueen played Prissy, okay, and got slapped by Scarlet. They did that take so many times. And I can understand why Butterfly McQueen hated the movie. But, okay. She complained about the movie and Hattie McDaniel said to her, and this is Hattie McDaniel, said, you're not, they're not going to invite you back to Hollywood to, anymore. You complain too much because Hattie McDaniel had it in her to work, okay, despite getting a backlash for that work. And she, like I said, she paid a price for it. She paid a price for winning that Oscar, Okay. Some people saw it as a as a step forward in Hollywood. Others were like, "What? You took that?" Um, this is a really great clip. This is Hattie McDaniel mocking a racist bully in a film. You know what I love about Hattie McDaniel was she had that laugh. She didn't give a shit. Okay. Get in your way. Hey, you wait a minute. What you want? Where'd you get that gold brooch? You mean this scrumptious piece of jewelry? Yeah, where'd you get it? It's a gift to me. Who gave it to you? Ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> oh yeah. See what I mean? Ask me no questions and I'll tell you no lies. <sighs> Hattie McDaniel. Mm. And then, of course, the movie that won her the Oscar. Yeah. Mr. Rapp! Did you see her, Mammy? Wasn't she wonderful? Mr. Rapp, I done told you and told you. It just ain't fitting for a girl child to ride a straddle with her dress flying up. All right, Mammy. I'll teach you to ride side saddle. And I'll buy her a blue velvet riding habit. She'll love that. A nice black broadcloth is what little girls wear. Oh, now, Mammy, be reasonable. Well, I don't think it's fitting, but <laughs> it ain't fitting. It just ain't fitting. Now, when she won the Oscar, here's what happened. The studio wrote the speech. She 
She wasn't allowed to sit with the cast. She had to sit in the back. Here is Faye Bainter announcing the Oscar. Moves back the walls and enables us to embrace the whole of America. An America that we love. An America that almost alone in the world today recognizes and pays tribute to those who give their best regardless of creed, race, or color. It is with the knowledge that this entire nation will stand and salute the presentation of this plaque that I present the Academy Award for the best performance of an actress in supporting roles during 1939 to Hattie McDaniel. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, fellow members of the motion picture industry and honored guests. This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of the awards. For your kindness, it has made me feel very, very humble. And I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything that I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you. <laughs> she wasn't even allowed to attend the premiere. But what happened? Years went by and a new girl came to town. A new woman, excuse me. Came to Hollywood and said, I am not going to play maids. And she went to go visit Hattie McDaniel at her home. And that woman was Lena Horn. And there was this big brouhaha that Lena Horn was coming in. She's going to change house. And a lot of the black actors who were playing maids and butlers didn't like that. And so it's like Yoda in Star Wars. When you've got a problem, you go talk to the head Jedi. And so Lena Horn goes to talk to Miss Hattie McDaniel at her home. And if I can find it, Donald Bogle, who was on TCM talking about Hattie McDaniel. Um, it is a really great moment. If I can find it. Here we go. This great African-American actor said to me on more than one occasion, you know, talking to Hattie McDaniel's performance, She's coming from a real place. And the thing is, again, the context in which we see her. We don't know where she, where she goes when she leaves Scarlett's side. We don't know her relationship with other black characters. None of that is explained to us, but she carries with her this toughness, she's got that big sonic boom of a voice. Yes, she does. So you know when she speaks, that she was born to give orders, not to take them. And this is the feeling she herself has. And she is able, she's strong enough that we're with her as the film goes along. Even though we feel there is much we're not told. And she's very moving at the end, I mean, towards the end with, you know, all the tragedies that, that mount. And, and you see her range as an actress. And I do think she deserved that Oscar. Yeah. 
And she always was very quick to rebut the criticism that she should have been hesitant to play such a stereotypical role. Yes. You know, she was an ambitious actress. This was the big role for a black woman at that time. Uh, she wanted it, and then she had to defend it. Yeah. And she was put into a difficult uh, position in that respect because um, she didn't want to alienate Selznick or the Hollywood community. Sure, she wanted to but, keep working. But I'll tell you something interesting about her. Lena Horne, when she went to Hollywood... I love Lena Horne. And Lena Horne was ushering in a new image of African-Americans, mm -hmm. composed, poised. Um, and some within the black community were sort of resentful of Lena Horne, that they might not get work if Hollywood really changed. And Hattie McDaniel invited Lena Horne to her home. And Lena Horne said that Hattie McDaniel was her great defender. And she said that McDaniel's home was, uh, Lena Horne said this, it was exquisite. And she said that Hattie McDaniel told her that on screen she was a mammy, but in her own home, she was Hattie McDaniel. So she had a sense of this, that she was not going to be this other person, um, you know, in her own home and in a sense with her community. But she did defend her role. Donald, great stuff. Thank you for... for uh... And that's Donald Bogle on TCM with Ben Mankiewicz talking about... Hattie McDaniel's performance as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. And it wasn't until almost 50-something years later that another black actress won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Not actress, but supporting. And that was Whoopi Goldberg. And Whoopi knew and she made a joke about it when she was hosting in 1999 she says i thought the blacklist was me and had a mcdaniel shit and then in 2002 halle berry won for best actress okay long time coming and so there you know there still is controversy behind i have a hair in the microphone behind hattie mcdaniel's performance in gone with the wind and her legacy as a performer. And then she went on to do the radio show Beulah in the TV series, which she didn't get to finish because she unfortunately died of breast cancer. Okay. And so we think of Hattie McDaniel now. This is Black History Month. What would she think of the world? I mean, she, okay. She'd probably still say, hey, there's still not enough black Oscar winners. And I agree with her on that, especially black directors. So. The legacy of Hattie McDaniel is someone who went out there on her own and what you know tried to make light of the situation. She's you know she's working and all of us who work, you know, when you get that paycheck and that's with Hattie McDaniel. And she loved doing she loved acting. She loved acting. And we can't take that away from her. You know, and um so when Gone with the Wind was pooled over the summer and people lost their shit and were like, oh, I'm just going to go and buy it because they were pissed that there was going to be a disclaimer. I was all for the disclaimer. It's not taking anything away from Hattie's performance. Okay. 
but it's a disclaimer because this was a different time this was 1939 if you thought the movie was controversial check out the book there are things in the book that they were gonna film that would have made the film i mean people would have burned it you know what i mean I've, I've never read the book but i know friends who have read the book gone with the wind it's a thick book and there's scenes in there that they weren't they ended up not filming thankfully to david oselznick's credit because he listened to some of the actors who said i will not do that they were going to do a scene with butterfly mcqueen she refused to do it okay even hattie mcdaniel um it's a legendary moment there's a really great moment that donald bogle talked about as hattie mcdaniel is walking up the steps with um olivia de Havilland, who just died last year and and the performance that she's giving she is just yeah it's a it's a beautiful performance and uh if we can find it and she has done broke her heart but i didn't fetch you here on miss Scott's car what that child got to stand the good lord give us strength to stand it's mr red i was worried about he done lost his mind these last couple of days oh no mammy no I ain't never seen no man, black or white, sit store on any child. And that performance, that moment between her and Olivia de Havilland, they're both feeling the pain and the loss that Captain Butler is feeling. And that's Hattie McDaniel's range. You know, Hattie McDaniel was also seen as a comedian. And here she is stretching it, you know. Hattie McDaniel did not give take orders and gone with the wind she gave orders she was the head woman okay even scarlett o'hara took orders from mammy because she was her elder and scarlett was you know a girl okay she would say to her you know what when scarlett scarlett is you know like many thinking oh that ashley wilkes is gonna marry her and, and mammy just says hey i never thought he was gonna marry you you need you need to he's he's gonna marry someone else so she was telling it like it is and in real life that's what hattie mcdaniel did she told it like it was so from her early days in stage vaudeville radio singing songs the blues to gone with the wind and beulah miss hattie mcdaniel for the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, a true trailblazer. It's always important that we talk about these trailblazers. And I am going to attempt to watch. I've seen Shaft in clips, but in order to talk about it, I have to watch it. I have to watch it because this film series, you know, Richard Roundtree, who's still with us, the late Gordon Parks, who directed Shaft, a black exploitation film, 1970s. Were an interesting time. For, I wasn't alive yet, but it was an interesting time for film. And you kind of think, what would Hattie McDaniel make of black exploitation? She'd say, "Hey, Gordon Parks, I want to be in Shaft. Could you imagine that?" Okay, Hattie, you're gonna be in Shaft with Richard Roundtree. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that soon. 
But, you know, it's just important that we acknowledge Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel was in a lot of uncredited and credited films. And that's what happened when you were a black actor, when you were a person of color at that time. You know, uh, you look at uh, a good example is The Good Earth. You know, The Good Earth is about Asian characters, okay? And they didn't cast, and you know, Anna, Anna, uh, Anna, Anna Wong, who was a, a Hollywood actress, an Asian actress, was originally going to be cast in The Good Earth, but instead they put Louise Rainer, Reiner, who was a German-Austrian actress, put makeup on her, and yeah, cultural appropriation, no, thank you, yeah, it's just wrong. Those were the days, unfortunately, of the 1930s, you know. So that's Miss Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel would be just it, her legacy. You know, her legacy is Whoopi Goldberg, Monique, Viola Davis, Cicely Tyson, Diane Carroll, Dorothy Dandridge, um, Angela Bassett, Ruth Nega. You know, so many black actresses that really owe it to Hattie McDaniel, okay, and black actors as well. Hattie McDaniel was a true trailblazer, and wherever she is, I hope she's finding peace. So as always, unpleasant dreams, and thank you, Hattie McDaniel. <laughs>